Welcome back to A Bit of Fun with Emily. I'm Emily. I'm your host, and I am so glad you're here. In this first season, I've challenged myself to watching 48 animated Disney movies over the course of the summer, and I thought I'd take you along for the ride. Now, I got to thinking that 48 podcasts in just a couple of months is way too many podcasts, so I won't be sharing all my thoughts on all of the movies. That would just be overkill. It would put us both in a very uncomfortable situation. You thinking you have to listen to all of them, me thinking I have to make all of them, we'll get tired of each other. It's just not a good idea. But I am going to record ones that I'm super opinionated about or ones I haven't watched in a while or maybe the ones that really make me happy. Not sure yet how many episodes that will end up being, but the main plan is to release a couple a week. We'll see how it goes. Just a reminder that if you would like to play along with the challenge, I made a challenge sheet you can download and print off. I'll link it in the show notes again, or there's also a link in my bio if you want to follow me on the socials. And if you have a strong opinion on a movie I should discuss that's on my list, definitely let me know. This can totally be a conversation. Before we dive into the movie, how about another story? Eh, story's not really right interlude. Reminiscence. For being an awkward person, and that was totally an awkward transition, I will work on that. I really don't do well with other people's awkward. My own, whatever, I can deal. But having to sit in the uncomfortableness of watching other people's awkward come out is often too much for me, like squirming, break out into nervous sweats uncomfortable. And the thing with awkward is that it can take a lot of forms, which means it can happen at any moment. There's those times when people find themselves in embarrassing situations, you know, like the toilet paper on the shoe in a public place or someone falling in their skirt flying over their head or accidentally calling a teacher mom or grandma because you completely forget where you're at and what you're doing, all of which I've done. But those moments sneak up on someone. And if you happen to be in the vicinity and have a front row seat, you just feel awful for them. There's also the awkward of trying too hard, and that happens all the time in movies. To this day, I still can't bring myself to watch Meet the Parents or the talent show in Napoleon Dynamite when people are just trying really hard and things don't work out for them, or they're just so awkward and embarrassing that you just want to crawl under the seat and not have to watch. Maybe I'm too empathetic. I don't know what it is. I take on all of a character's nervous energy and then start to imagine myself in that situation. I have to turn it off. I cannot handle it. Well, that's what we get in today's episode after a revisit of the not Disney classic Chicken Little. I mean, this poor little chicken is awkward. Things are never going his way. He always finds himself in embarrassing situations. I mean, at one point in the school day, he has to wear newspapers as pants. This poor guy has a lot going on. And as with Snow White, I have a lot of feelings. Most of them focused on the anthropomorphizing of creatures, which is usually a deal breaker for me. And yes, I am fully aware that that can be problematic with Disney movies because it happens quite a bit. But I had such a fun time running down my list of observations with Snow that I thought we'd stick to that formula. I promise to be a little more optimistic this time around. Maybe. But first... An overly simplistic summary of Chicken Little. So this tiny run of a chicken gets a really bad reputation around town for seemingly crying wolf when he thinks the sky is falling. In an effort to improve his social standing and earn the respect of his father, whose name is Buck Cluck, guys. Buck Cluck. He joins the baseball team and scores the winning run in the big game, much to everyone's surprise. He follows up his triumph with another moment of doomsday panic, as one does, and it is soon determined that the sky he thought was falling is actually 
an alien invasion. And of course, spoiler, he saves the day. This story might sound a little familiar. It's actually based on a famous folktale called Henny Penny or Chicken Lickin' or Chicken Little, depending on where you're from. And it's about an acorn that falls on Chicken Little's head one day. And she immediately is convinced that the sky is falling and she has to go tell the king. And it's one of those repetitive storytelling kinds of stories. So as she finds a new friend and tells them that the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, we must go tell the king. And you hear that same part over and over and over again. Now, where she's collecting this particular group of people, creatures. I'm not sure, but they have the weirdest names. There's Cocky Locky and Ducky Daddles and Turkey Lurkey. But on their journey to the king, they come across Foxy Loxy, who is the villain, and he leads them to this cave where he then eats them all. Folk tales are weird. Thank goodness it ends just a little better for this particular Disney crew. Now that we've set the scene, are we ready for the list? Let's just dive in. So number one, And let's get it out of the way. The anthropomorphizing of animals. So these are animals with human characteristics. They wear clothes. They walk upright. They drive cars, which is fine. I don't love it. It kind of creeps me out a little. And along with a lot of feelings, it's becoming more and more clear that I get creeped out a lot. But it's fine. It makes sense for the story. I mean, it's about a chicken. It should be a chicken. What I find curious is how this particular animal world fits within the human world. It's not like Zootopia, which is a fantastic movie, where there is no real mention of humans. The world is what it is. These animals just have human characteristics, but there's no talk of humans at all. But in this one, they have animals watching Raiders of the Lost Ark in the theater. They dance to the Bee Gees, and they make references to Barbara Streisand. How does that work? Are humans living alongside the animals who are acting like humans? That doesn't make any sense at all. Where, where did they come up with this world? How is this happening? Number two, animated montages are the best. I mean, this was no up, the first five minutes of up, but Chicken Little training for the baseball team is just so sweet. He's got all of his friends with me. He's trying real hard. He's doing his very best. It's filled with a lot of heart and a lot of humor, and I loved it. Number three, is Fish Out of Water the best character in this movie? Yes. Yes, he is. Or she is. We're going to go with they. Yes, they are. They're funny. They're brave. They're sassy. They're brilliant. Not sure who came up with them, but they need to win an award. But another quick question. (laughs) The helmet that holds its water. So you have this goldfish and it has um, one of those old school diving helmets on that's filled with water that's keeping it alive. But that thing is not airtight. There are several times where you see the fish moving around, get squished up into it at one point. So how does the water stay in the tank? This poor fish would not have survived this movie. There is no way that water is staying in that helmet. I'm probably thinking about it too much. I know I'm thinking about it too much, but it bothered me. Number four. Now, this is not a new question. It's an age-old question. It is a tale as old as time. Why is Disney so hard on mothers? Where is Chicken Little's mother? Do they think that mothers aren't as interesting as dads? Here's my problem with this. Actually, I have multiple problems, if you can believe that. We'll call this, I don't know. 4.1. This puts a lot of burden on dads. It's like they're emotionally inept, which just isn't fair. To assume that a dad doesn't know how to parent gives dads a bad rep. It didn't work out for Marlon in Finding Nemo. It didn't work out for Maurice in Beauty and the Beast. There's just so many dads who are made to look stupid and embarrassed and awkward and horrible at parenting when that's just not a fair assumption of how dads can actually parent. And 
4.2. It almost feels like there's an assumption that mothers would get it perfect and there wouldn't be any conflict and that's why you have to take mom out of the picture. And that's not fair to mothers either. It's a pedestal we put women on that they have to be perfect. Why, Disney? Why do you kill so many moms? Number five. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not done with this animal thing quite yet. It's just a truth in the world, our real life world, that there are natural predators and prey, those who kill and those who are killed. But in this world, everyone seemingly lives harmoniously together. How does that work? What are the meat eaters eating? Are there non-anthropomorphized domesticated animals that are raised purely as food? And what do their human-like counterparts think of that arrangement? And why aren't there any weird combo mutant babies hanging out in town? I mean, they make you believe that there's the possibility of romance across species. I mean, Chicken Little does kiss Abby Mallard. So how does that work? Or is there just reproduction according to species? Does that cause other socioeconomic issues? Can someone please explain this to me? Number six, despite my issues with the parenting. I do really love Buck Cluck. Not only is he voiced by Gary Marshall, but he's really compassionate in the end. I mean, it does take a literal alien invasion for him to stop and listen to his kid. But when he does finally take a moment to hear what he's saying, he's all in. That's kind of awesome. No second guessing, no questioning, no backpedaling. Just, that's my kid. He's quirky. I love him and I am proud. Number seven, Patrick Warburton needs to voice narrate all of the characters, like all Disney characters. We'll see him again on the Summer Challenge as Kronk, but he just never disappoints. Number eight, after Chicken Little's second Sky is Falling announcement, the media is super unkind to him. There's this scene where Buck is answering phone calls trying to tame the storm, and while he's on the phone in the background, you hear his computer announcing a barrage of, you have hate mail, you have hate mail. What is that? Who would set up an account specifically to receive hate emails? That sounds like a horrible life choice. And number nine, when Chicken Little and Posse first discover the presence of this alien race, they're chased by robots, and it's a lot like War of the Worlds, through this cornfield, which makes me think of signs, which makes me want to watch signs, but that's for another day. But it appears that during this chase, there is a lot of chopping and hacking away at the corn. Since no one believed Chicken Little and friends that something suspicious was going on, how did the farmers explain why there were potential crop circles in their fields? That never gets explained either. And number 10, finally, we're almost done, guys. But who voted for Turkey Lurkey to be the mayor? I am seriously concerned about this town and their choice of elected officials. I mean, was there no one else willing to take that position? He's easily distracted. He's a bit out of sorts with running of his own town. Doesn't seem overly concerned that either one, there is a rogue citizen that just keeps claiming the sky is falling and causing all so sorts of chaos. Or two, that his town eventually gets invaded by scary aliens. This town is doomed. Whew, that was a lot. Now, as cheesy and nonsensical as this story is, it does have a lot of heart, and there were a few lessons to take away. One, communication is key in a relationship. It's just an unfortunate truth that we cannot read each other's minds. Chicken Little was constantly feeling dismissed and pushed aside by his father. All he wanted was his approval to make him proud. But being himself, small, quirky, and creative just never seemed enough. But he never told Buck that, and he never let him know how he was feeling. Conversations with people we love can be tough, but they're necessary. We have to be our own advocates. We have to be vulnerable and tell people how we're feeling. 
One day, maybe I'll tell you about Best Buy Emily, my alter ego who just can't with dismissive behavior. She's fiery and confident and gets things done, guys. And I'm not a huge fan when she becomes out because I have to push a lot of my kindness into my back pocket, which is never a good feeling, but sometimes she's needed. She helps me communicate when I could easily slip into timid and fearful. We have to learn to communicate and tell others how we're feeling. Another lesson, find your people, no matter how strange or weird they may be. People who will lift you up, walk beside you through tough times, who will help you take on an alien race that's invading the earth. And this doesn't have to be a big group or a crowd. You might just find your person. But surround yourself, no matter how big or small, with cheerleaders who genuinely want to see you succeed. And maybe ones that break out into random songs and dance like Run the Pig, because he seems like a good hang. And finally, number three, stay true to yourself. When everyone doubted him, Chicken Little still believed. When the bullies came out to tease and mock, Chicken Little stayed the course. When push came to shove, it was his own talents. His ability to acrobat and fling himself around town in weird ways, his way of looking at life just a tad differently, his creative nature, his kind and open heart, that saved the day in the end. He was Chicken Little through and through, from beginning to end, and that was enough. Enough to get the duck, enough to make his dad proud, enough to save the town from certain doom. You're enough. Just be you. I loved this one a lot when it came out, but it just didn't quite hold up as well as I had hoped it would. Maybe I'm, I don't know, older and wiser, or maybe I'm just more familiar with better storytelling, or I have a lot more hangups about talking animals, which is probably true, but... Despite that, the voice actors were amazing, and Chicken Little is adorbs, and it's worth a watch, just maybe not a lot of rewatches. And when I was doing a little research about the film, I noticed that there were, um, you know, when you Google something, it tells you people have also asked. People had asked why this movie was so bad. That just seemed a little harsh. One of the answers that came up was that Disney was trying to be DreamWorks, but failed miserably, and that seems kind of fair. I mean, I get that. Some of the storytelling was lost with big action sequences. The Disney magic just seemed to be missing and was definitely overly preoccupied with pop culture references that just didn't make sense. And I love me a good pop culture reference in things, but when it feels like it's just shoved in for no particular reason, not really my thing. And going back to number one on my list on how this world is really structured and why it doesn't really make any sense for there to be pop culture references. But then I was reading an interesting article on Collider, and I'll link that in the show notes for you, that the movie was the product of, and I quote, several regime changes, constant creative interference, and an arms race for computer animation dominance that saw the movie entirely shut down and reconceived halfway through production. So it kind of makes sense that some of the Disney magic was a little weak. And it was, of course, the first animated Disney movie that was completely computer generated, and that's kind of cool. And once again, without Chicken Little, I would never have gotten tangled, which is still my favorite. Anyway, thanks for joining me today. I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. You can now get the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at GnomeGirlM. There's no I in girl at GnomeGirlM. Go have yourself a bit of fun today and I'll see you.